questions quickly and efficiently. The Payroll Company. Less headaches, more than payroll. Visit morethanpayroll.com. What happens next? These individuals that are sending him money have ties to Chinese intelligence. Happens right here. I'm not taking a single penny from any country whatsoever. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. News analysis and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Welcome back to KWTO. You know, Vivek Ramaswamy was on the blaze yesterday and they were he was asked a question. The question he was asked was this. Do you think 9-11 was an inside job or do you think it happened exactly as the government says? And Vivek said, listen, I, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of stuff we probably don't know. Jeff Smiths, who is our regular debate with Democrat guest, sends me the clip and he's like, you Republicans and your conspiracy theories. And I react. I'm like, listen, like, I don't know that I agree or disagree that 9-11 was an inside job. I don't really have the facts, but I don't always agree or I don't always believe the government. I just don't. I, I like, I think there are things that don't tell us. And I think if you always believe the government, eh, I, think, I, think that, I think that says more about you than it says about them. So we started debating, well, who believes more conspiracies, Republicans or Democrats? And I was like, well, hold on. You're the guy that thinks that, that Trump's or, 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 uh, you know, you're ripping on us for saying January 6th and blah, 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 this stolen election stuff. But let's listen to the Democrats for just a little bit. Let's just listen to what they said about the last few elections. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what I'm thing. scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election. And he was put in office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven... I mean, you can go back through 2000, 2004... 2016, there's at least three presidential elections in the last 30 years where it's pretty clear the Democrats are convinced the election was stolen. But as soon as Donald Trump and the Republicans raise questions about Arizona, about Pennsylvania, about any of these states, suddenly we're the conspiracy theorists. Now, we're trying to contact Jeff. We're having some some phone difficulties but that's the gist of the debate today is who believes more conspiracies, Republicans or Democrats? And frankly, does that make one bad or good? 
I mean, Democrats have peddled conspiracies about 9-11, about numerous types of, uh, of, of, you know, whether it's, it's, it's the, the George W. Bush in Florida, George W. Bush in Ohio, Donald Trump and the Russians. They've peddled these conspiracies for a long time. Now, I don't believe the government's always honest with us, but to say that Republicans are in any one or in any way more conspiratorial than Democrats, I have a hard time believing. I, I don't think that th- one, I, I don't think that's true. I think Democrats have just as many conspiracy theories as Republicans. I mean, you can go back through the annals on that. But second of all, does it matter? I mean, do we always believe that, that the government's telling us the truth? Think about, you know, you could go back through the history. Think about what they did in the last hundred years, you know, where they, where they tried out, um, th- there was a lot of the, the MK Ultra program, what they did to some of the people that were in the CIA. Think about, uh, um, you know, you go back and there, the, uh, what they did to African Americans, the Japanese internment camps, always the government saying, Oh, it's for your own good. Don't worry about it. everything's fine. Maybe acceptance of this isn't the worst thing ever. Joining us now on the show, Jeff Smith. Let's play his intro music. If we've got it. We do have it. I'm working really hard here though, Elijah. There's a lot going on. So, uh, you know, it's going to sound cooler if you just like reintroduce it real quick. Jeff Smith. Let's play his intro music. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm a Democrat. A liberal voice on a conservative talk show. What's the worst that could happen? It's Debate with the Democrat, featuring proud card-carrying Democrat Jeff Smith on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Uh, let's get ready to Jeff, I know you're ducking this debate because you just don't want to have it. Is that is that the reason for the technical difficulties? Hey, on my promo music, why do you have like a woman older than Joe Biden saying like, I'm a Democrat? I, I think-, think that's the youngest member of the Democrat Congress we could find. I'm, I could be wrong. <laughs> on that. It was Diane Feinstein. I don't know. Maybe Maxine Waters. I, I think your congressional leaders are old. McConnell's older than Schumer and uh, McCarthy's older than Hakeem Jeffries. So go ahead with that. I, I think your leader's Biden still. I don't think any of the people we have are older than Biden. I could be wrong on this. Uh, uh, Trump's three years younger, I believe. Right. I mean, he's like a, a spring chicken when it comes to Barrett age. Okay. It's a clip from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how Jeff and I immediately take it as serious. You're like, ah, that's. It's from the office, guys. Come on. Let's Whoops. let's get to the actual debate first. <laughs> okay, Jeff. You and I, I already laid it out. We basically, you were like, oh, you Republicans believe a bunch of conspiracies. And I'm like, listen, both sides have their conspiracies. They ebb and flow based upon who's in power. And you're like, no, I think Republicans believe more conspiracies than Democrats. Tell us why you believe that. Well, I mean, I think the central conspiracy is one that I figured we'd talk about today for the last two years. Uh, or since whenever you got the show, you've been ribbing me about my obsession with January 6th. And it's pretty historic week here with former President Trump being indicted for all of his activities in the run up to January 6th. And that's really the foremost conspiracy in the country right now uh, that, that the election was stolen. And we've seen um, pretty clearly 
in the indictment how that conspiracy got produced, uh, orchestrated at the top by former President Trump, which resulted in January 6th, although he wasn't directly indicted for inciting the riot and the events of that day. He was indicted for all of the, the illegality that he orchestrated in the run-up to that day. So, okay, but here's the thing. He, he, gets, he gets indicted, and I, I mean, we've, we've talked ad nauseum in the show. The, the Department of Justice under the Biden administration basically waits for every bad Hunter Biden news cycle and then tries to throw something against the wall at the former president. They can't find an American prosecutor, so they have to go off to the Netherlands to trot out Jack Smith, who the last time we saw him was losing 9-0 at the Supreme Court. They drag him over to America and say, cover Hunter Biden. Every time he gets in trouble, let's indict Donald Trump. But let's talk about... I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think you're giving the, one of the best examples that I've heard yet of a ridiculous conspiracy, that this was something thrown together willy-nilly to distract from anything else. This I mean, is something that was two that was two plus years in the making. Uh, we they watched. I think, thank God that the January sixth committee, led by Liz Cheney, uh, and uh, and and you know she was the most visible member um, of the of the committee at the congressional level. It was the information that they brought to light that really forced DOJ's hand and said, "We're laying all this out here for you. You've got to look into this more deeply." Now, and so, now hold on. Thankfully, forced DOJ their responded. Hand. The, the, the statute of limitations on this is several years away. They could have waited until the election was over. They didn't need to file against the front-running candidate in the race. It feels more like they did it to try to alter the state of the race. Why not, why not do what everybody else does and wait till the election's over and then file cards? And I think the problem I have is this. It's not hard to find what Donald Trump was doing on January 6th because you just got to go to Twitter. He stopped tweeting after January 6th. The last few tweets of his, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. Those on, those are, they're truly on the side of the country. Stay peaceful. That was on January 6th. Then the next tweet, I'm asking for everyone to remain peaceful. No violence. Like the guys out there telling everybody to be peaceful and the Democrats like, well, he may beat our walking carcass, Joe Biden. So let's try to go out there and make him sound worse than he is. We've I already put can't. a bunch of people in prison that went to the Capitol. And you and I have stood shoulder to shoulder that those people, they, they broke the law. They deserve to go to jail. But this, this is too far. First of all, it's a uh, willfully obtuse admission of a lot of key facts of that day uh, that you're only starting midway through the afternoon after Donald Trump sat and watched TV, according to eyewitnesses, gleefully while people flooded the Capitol. And it was after people had already started coming into the Capitol when he tweeted, Mike Pence is to blame for this. Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do the right thing. And within one minute of that, the Secret Service had to escort his own vice president into protection because of the people calling for Mike Pence to be hanged. Anyway, that's not why actually he's being indicted. He's being indicted for all the things that went before that day his pressuring of state election officials to delay or reverse their certification of electors, his pressuring of his own Department of Justice to fabricate election fraud as a pretext to get states to not certify their electors, his, his obstruction of a federal proceeding, the sacred certification of electors 
that was supposed that was supposed to happen seamlessly on January sixth. Now, is that the but, same thing that in two thousand you had Democrats voting against seating the W. Bush electors, or in two thousand four voting against seating the John or the George W. Bush electors, or in two thousand sixteen you got Hillary running around saying he's an illegitimate? Pre- like it's the this both sides do this. That's that's what I'm having. Hard. We didn't try to impeach Barbara Boxer in 2004 for voting against seating electors. You're comparing you're comparing a symbolic vote of of a single senator uh, against what happened a two month long conspiracy to create totally phony slates of electors to be submitted to the U.S. Senate, to the vice president and to the archivist of this country to pretend that a different party actually won the electoral vote as a total phony pretext. Hold on. So how's that different Pence, from what they did? How, how's that different from one single senator? Have you watched the speeches for, registering of Alcee from a, Hastings from a, from a and senator, Barbara Boxer senator, and Maxine Waters on how's the floor? That how's that different from a senator registering a lonely objection? Lonely? On the there floor was multiple senators January. doing it. Very different. It's a multi-month-long conspiracy to create fake documents to pretend that the election was contested or that there were two different winners or that no one knows who the winner is in Georgia, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Arizona, in Nevada, a systematic attempt throughout the country orchestrated, orchestrated by the president of the United States to create phony records and pretend in an attempt to overturn the results of a democratic election. Which, that is do, very do you want different. me to play all the and clips? Actually nothing of, like, do you want me to play yeah, all you, the you clips? Can, you can play all you want. You can, you can play all you want. The, the the clips of Barbara Boxer and a couple other senators saying, I object to the results of the election, which is the same Or thing how about playing that, Bill Clinton that, that, saying, that majority, well, George W. Bush is not a legitimately elected president. Al Gore won the election. Or Hillary Clinton saying, Donald Trump's not a legitimately elected president. He stole the election. We, we can play a dozen of those clips. What's the difference? So what's the difference? Did you read the indictment yet? No. Why would I read the indictment? Why would you read, why would you go on and do a radio show without having read the thing that you're going to be talking about? No, I, don't know. I would think you wouldn't want to read it. I have zero but interest in reading the, that so indictment. In the indictment, in the very start of the indictment, Jack Smith is very careful to say, I am not indicting President Trump. We are not indicting President Trump for his speech and, and things he may have said about this is a stolen election or Joe Biden's not a legitimate president. And so he was very clear to delineate uh, what he was indicting him for and what he wasn't indicting him for. And the things that you're saying, Hillary Clinton, stupidly, I grant you, saying, oh, Trump's still an illegitimate president. I don't think that, I think that was stupid. But let's go back to the question. It's not close to what Donald Trump has been criminally indicted for. Well, you and I will disagree on that. And when there's a Republican president, hopefully the Bidens and the Clintons are all rounded up too. If you just read the indictment, then you wouldn't disagree on that. Well, when, when, you could see that Jack Smith is clear about what he's indicting him for, and it's not saying such and such Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. Well, when, when, when the Republicans win the White House and they round up, round up the Bidens and the Clintons and they pull some prosecutor out of, I don't know, maybe the same Kosovo court concept and they prosecute them, then you can talk about how unfair it is. But let's go back to the thrust of the question, which is, do Republicans or Democrats except more conspiracies because i think that's where we start is which one is more conspiratorial 
Because I said I think they both equally are conspiratorial. Well, I found it disappointing when I saw uh, Vivek Ramaswamy um, answer a question about, you know, the question that was posed to him yesterday was, was 9-11 an inside job? And but read the rest of the question. Read the rest of the question. They said, was 9-11 an inside job or do you think government was not telling the, the truth? And he responded, um, I don't trust government to tell me the truth. And I think we should be skeptical of everything government says. And I think it would have been a far more responsible thing to say, look, no, I don't think 9-11 was an inside job, but I don't trust everything that the government tells me. And I do think they have some secrets. And I think we'd be wise to be skeptical of things we hear. I think that would have been a better way to answer it. What do you think? So I had no problem because the, the, the actual question went like this. That you're right. The first part was, do you think 9-11 was an inside job or exactly how the government tells us? And his response is, I don't believe the government has told us the truth. We have to be skeptical. skeptical. Do I believe everything the government told us about it? No, absolutely not. I don't see anything wrong with that. Do I think George W. Bush knew that they were going to fly? No, I don't think that. But do I believe that the federal government has told us everything about 9-11? Not for a second. And that's of all the conspiracies that float around. That's like thousandth percent. That, that's on the low end of what I questioned. I, I'm far more interested in like JFK or the shooting in Las Vegas. But I think a healthy skepticism of what the federal Agreed. government tells us is good. And so I agree one, I, and I, yeah, I know you call it both sidesism, but I think that whichever party is not in the White House usually is more conspiratorial. Whether it's when Bush was in, I feel like the Democrats were conspiratorial. When, when o- Obama was in, the Republicans were more conspiratorial. But the second part of that is I don't think it's a bad thing to be skeptical of the government because I think if you're not, what you end up having is a government that, to be fair, I just spent a, a vacation and a road trip listening to Animal Farm, but I think it's healthy to have a skepticism, a healthy skepticism of what the government tells you. And I don't think it's a bad thing when people question that. I think I agree with you completely. I think it's a healthy thing to be skeptical of what all institutions and whether it's big business or the military or, you know, the government, I think a healthy skepticism if, is I mean, is and you warranted. wrap all that together between big business and the, the military and the government, what you get is a vaccine rush to market and nobody really talks about the problems. That's where we're going to differ. <laughs> I will tell you, I will tell you that. You it's know, amazing. The, the, I got to say, it's amazing that you're such a fan of the Trump vaccine. Like I just, of all the things think, that surprises me. I think it was one of the best things that Donald Trump did as president was speed to market the vaccine. And I praise him for that. And I'm glad <laughs> that, that I'm, I'm really glad that uh, after a really rough couple months where he said ridiculous things like, oh, there's 15 cases and in a couple of weeks it'll be down to zero. Um, I'm glad that he reversed course and then threw money at, at, at the issue to develop. While you're praising him, I just I got to ask the old Stephen Colbert question. Maybe it's John Stewart. Donald J. Trump, great president or the greatest president? That's funny. But <laughs> with regard to the with regard to the um, conspiracy theories, I will tell you, I was under a lot of pressure when I ran for Congress in 2004 to state that Bush was an illegitimate president who won only because of, uh, you know, 
um, crooked voting machines and the butterfly ballot in Florida. And I would not say that. I would say that I totally disagreed with, you know, some of his choices around the war. And I disagreed with some of his choices around like surveillance uh, of people as embodied by the Patriot Act. Some things that maybe some of your audience agrees with me on, but I would never say he was illegitimate. And I didn't say, you know, he's illegitimate because of voting machines or because of uh, the electoral college isn't fair because the, you know, minority vote winner wins. Those are the rules of the game and you got to play by them. And I don't think any of those things made him illegitimate. It was a total fluke. And I was skeptical of the fact that his brother happened to run the state where the vote was closest, of course, in Florida. But uh, he was the president and I didn't say otherwise. So, yes, I agree with your general point that it tends to be the party out of power uh, that that tends to be more conspiratorial. That changed during the Trump years, because even as he was in power, he continued to spread all kinds of you know, conspiracies uh, that culminated in the quote unquote stolen election. I think you and I agree on a few things. Neither of us have ever declared a president illegitimate in our lifetime. I think we both have been like, you know what? I may have concerns. I think you probably had concerns about Florida in 2000. I had concerns about Pennsylvania in 2020. Um, we, we both had concerns about the elections, but we we're like, you know what? On the whole, I believe that they probably got it right at the end of the day. I think you and I both agree with that. But I also, do. but I also, I don't have a problem with people questioning elections results because you listen, it's there. We've seen fraud in prior elections. And my guess is we've probably elected a few people across the country. Lyndon Baines Johnson, in his first election comes to mind that probably stole an election. So I think a healthy skepticism over the results of an election, I don't see as that bad of a thing. I think, um, I mean, your first example that you gave, I think was a little example of sophistry here. California was decided by 500 votes uh, out of millions. Pennsylvania was decided by like 100,000 votes. And it wasn't even the state that decided the election because even if Trump had won Pennsylvania, he still wouldn't have even been close in the Electoral College. Well, so, first of all, it's know. Florida, not California. But Did I say California? You did, but that's okay. Okay, sorry, Florida. Um, so, so I think that's uh, you know, a big difference. Well, yeah, and I can go through. And, I, mean, I mean, I remember on 2020 election night texting my buddy in Arizona, and he's like, this thing's going to come down to uh, uh, less than 100,000 votes. Either way, it could go. Like, these states were, were fairly close, and particularly in Pennsylvania, which – I don't really have a huge issue with Arizona. Pennsylvania, they, the, the county clerks there changed the way they counted votes. And the next year, the Supreme Court's like, yeah, they did it wrong. We can't go back and undo a cycle like they did. So I have some problems, but I'm also like, you know what? At the end of the day, Biden appears to have more votes than Trump. He appears to have more states than Trump. We're going to respect what the, the people in power, uh, uh, certified at the time. And but I also don't have a problem when people question elections because I've seen these stole elections before. So you're right about LBJ's first Senate race. Uh, if anybody's interested in reading it, it's maybe the best book ever written about American political campaigns. It's called Means of Ascent, and it's chronicles by Robert Caro, uh, LBJ's Senate races in 1941 and 1948, and how he had a race stolen from him in 41. And he decided no one would ever steal another race from him and stole uh, basically in Jim Wells County, 
Um, he famously produced, I think, 212 extra votes uh, in the week after the election that were all signed in identical handwriting uh, in alphabetical order. It was crazy. <laughs> the 212 people voted in alphabetical order. So, so yes, uh, this was not, you know, th- both parties have, have been engaged in election chicanery. Let's play a but real fun happened- game, real quick game. If you if there's one presidential race in the history of our country you think was stolen, which one was it? <laughs> God, that's a great question. Um, yeah, uh, hmm. I'm gonna um, say 1960. I think the Kennedys spread a lot of money or, across the areas like Chicago and that sort of the Rust Belt area, and they. I think Nixon won the 1960 race against Kennedy but for his dad spreading money across the Midwest. Nixon almost challenged the, re- the, the results because he thought it had been stolen. And then he decided, nope, I don't care. I'm gonna, I, we're going to come together and let this thing go. But I'm going to pick 1960. And then he came back and won in one of the closest elections in history. Yeah. You know, 60 and 68 were two of the closest elections in history. And I think Nixon only got like 44%, uh, so about what Clinton got in, in 92 um, because of the third-party strength of George Wallace. But... I will just close by saying I don't I think we got to delineate between, hey, it's healthy to be skeptical about what institutions tell us. And it's okay to ask questions about an election versus a president of the United States pressuring underlings, pressuring a secretary of state in Georgia, which he's probably about to get indicted for. Can you all I need you to do is find me eleven thousand eight hundred seventy votes, which is one more than I need to win. That's very different. Creating fake, totally phony slates of electors to try to suggest that election would be contested in a state which would get, would have given Pence uh, had he not stood strong. The ability to send things over to the House of Representatives where each state gets a vote uh, that could have favored Republicans. That is very different. I got to asking questions about an election. I got to say, I love watching and this both sides do it, but I'm going to just rip on your side for a bit. I love watching Democrats hold up Mike Pence, be like, what a statesman. And then they discard him as soon as they use the lie. I saw this the other day with Tim Scott. He posted something about the indictment and saw some Democrat be like, I used to think he was a man of integrity. I'm like, you thought he was a man of integrity until you found out he was a Republican again and you cast him aside. Same with Mike Pence. He, he that, that guy, and listen, I don't like Mike Pence. I think he's a terrible candidate for president. But that guy... And I legitimately agree, did not have the ability to change the vote. He didn't change the vote, and it cost him his political future. And, and that's a pretty principled thing to do. When you know that something may cost you your political future, it does cost you your political future, and you do it anyway because it's the right thing. So even though I can disagree with Mike Pence on any number of issues, and even though I do enjoy having the occasional lunch with a woman that's not my wife, unlike uh, Mike Pence, um, I I can't question the guys, uh, the fact that he stood strong in the moment where this country needed him to do so. Just like Mitch McConnell when he said, we're not going to fill this Supreme Court's justice. We're going to let the American people pick a president. Same, same rigid background. All right, Jeff, question of the day. Two-part question. Are you buying a Mega Millions ticket? And if so, how are you taking the payment, lump sum or annuity, and what are you buying with it? I'm not buying a Mega Millions. Oh, that's ticket. so boring. 
I'm 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 ho- I'm hosting a poker game this Saturday night. If you want to come up from Springfield, oh. then you should come up. It's going to be actually a Republican dominated. Do I have to be game. vaccinated for it? <laughs> uh, no, because I've had COVID in the last six months, so you're fine. <laughs> but um, I it, it's actually going to be a Republican dominated game with a former Speaker of the House. Um, and uh, so, you know, you'd be right at home. Um, if I did win Mega Millions somehow or someone gave me a winning ticket. You know what you should do? Why don't you go buy a ticket before the drawing and then put it into the pot as something you could win? You know what? I'll do that. I'll go buy one ticket. But if I did win, I would take it as a lump sum and dump it all into GameStop. <laughs> to the moon. Jeff, if anybody wants to follow you on social media, how do they do that? My Twitter is probably the best place to get me. It's at Jeff Smith Mo at Jeff Smith M O. And by the way, when we're since we're on meme stocks, I don't know if you've paid attention. Tupperware in the last three weeks, the Tupperware stock has gone up about three three thousand percent, some insane number. Now I just bought I bought short on it today, but if you want to be on the meme stock latest, that's the that's the tip for you. I'm going to go short it right now. Love it. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Elijah. Take care. All right. We're going to be back. Short segment before the top of the hour. We'll answer the question today. Stick around. analysis opinion thing that's a shock to the economy is an administration at war with the american people the radical left is pushing us into a culture